Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MMNM podcast. I'm Steve Madden. I'm the general manager of MMNM. And joining me today is the director of programmatic for Halo, Louis Namoli. Hey, Louis. Hey, Steve. How's it going today? I'm good. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining. I should explain that uh, Halo is a product that, uh, that uh, Haymarket, which owns MMNM as well as Halo, produces that comes out of the Haymarket Medical Network. Lewis, is, uh, Lewis oversees the program and uh, is quite good at what he does. So um, this should be an interesting conversation. I should also add that uh, Lewis is perhaps the nattiest male dresser at, uh, at Haymarket. So that's one of the limitations of podcasting is you can't actually get to see the skinny jeans and the peg legs and everything that Lewis is no doubt wearing. But we'll figure out a way to get that across, right, Lewis? Yeah, next time we'll do a, a video podcast instead. Great. Well, we're, we're going to be talking today about omni-channel marketing, right? So uh, why don't we just get started by uh, defining what it is exactly that we're talking about when we say omni-channel marketing? Yeah, definitely. I'd say without using too many buzzwords, omni-channel marketing is more of a big picture approach to reaching an audience, like coordinating brand messaging across online and offline channels. Uh, that provides a clear, consistent message um, at each step of that audience's journey. So it's not, it's not really like, it's not spray and pray. It's not like we're going to put, you know, we're going to put some stuff into buying display ads. Uh, we're going to do interstitials and we're going to do, uh, you know, like an SEM strategy. It's much more thoughtful than that, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, while it can include a mix of, any type of online or offline channels and mediums, uh, the important or one of the most important aspects of it is kind of the audience first approach. So really focusing for that brand, for that campaign, who is it that they want to reach and how is the brand able to connect with them across any of the various digital or linear static types of advertising where, the, where that audience is actually spending time engaging with ad units or um, really sinking into that messaging. So it's okay. a, more of a focus on the audience than the specific channel itself. So it's who do you want to reach and how do you want to reach them? But, but, but what else does a, an advertiser need or a marketer need to keep in mind when they're considering this kind of strategy? Yeah, I'd say there's... Three or so main areas uh, are things that have to be considered in order to develop a strategic omni-channel approach that will be successful. The, the first piece really revolves around the data being used. And that uh, a big piece of that is the ability to combine offline data with online activity to help formulate the strategy and identify the areas where we may focus the campaign. And what that means is taking things, at least in our picture in the, the pharmaceutical world, taking things like HCP information, medical claims data, and anonymized patient data, and being able to connect it all together um, based on online activity of those segments. Why is data? I mean, you, you can't talk about marketing these days without talking, talking about data, but like why in this case is data so important? With omnichannel, I'd say quality data or quality of the data can really make or break the success of a program. 
from the beginning when you're doing your planning for the audience side, quality audience data ensures that your advertiser is actually reaching who they want to reach, who that intended target actually is, regardless of the channel. Without a a quality kind of starting point, you don't know that you're going to reach that audience uh, if it's not validated, if it's not coming from a trusted partner. So then the advertisers are wasting ad spend, um, especially when it comes to pharma, where our audiences are very niche um, and sometimes hard to come by. Um, so that's the that's sort of the, the data side of it, right? My predilection, my um, my favorite part of any of these kind of campaigns is is the content, right? Um, how important is the content when you're talking about the, 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 for adjacencies and things like that, when you're talking about omnichannel. Yeah, that, that was actually second on my list. So I'm glad we're thinking the same thing here. Um, I, I definitely say that content creative is something that, that has to be considered well before launching into omnichannel um, because you have to have an understanding of all the potential areas where you could be reaching that audience, whether it be an online format, social SEM, display, video, um, or even things like out of home, connected television or linear television, you have to understand all the different formats that may be necessary. And on top of that, it's that understanding also kind of goes into understanding what things work best for that channel, how to take that consistent message from the campaign and adapt it to each specific channel so that the advertiser is actually delivering a a consistent, strong message in a way that makes sense with each of the the individual formats um, that are potential within that campaign. Lewis, why is adopting an omni-channel approach so important for pharmaceutical marketers in particular? Yeah, I I think that's a great question. It's what we've been trying to to push a lot of our clients towards as we enter um, 2022. I I think, and you'll hear this a lot with all marketing trends these days, but COVID-19 did have a a big impact on the way that everybody consumes media and the amount of time that we're spending on devices or um, the amount of different formats of advertising that we're seeing as a result of the kind of new norm of our lives. Um, I I think I saw a stat recently in uh, another publication said like HCP specifically saw an 111% increase year over year, 2019 to 2020, in terms of the amount of digital that they're exposed to now in terms of advertising. Oh, wow. So for brands to stay relevant in that mix, in that massive spike in terms of digital, they have to, adapt strategies that will help them engage with those HCPs um, or or patients across every single touch point, rather than just focusing on one kind of search or one social channel um, and and dedicating X amount of your yearly ad budget towards that, they should really focus um, on a larger picture with an omni-channel strategy so that where budgets are a little bit more fluid in order to actually capitalize whenever we're seeing those audiences in areas where they've shown historic engagement and and can tie in all the different messages or content that the the advertisers have created to help really separate them out from the noise of getting blasted with the same message over and over from a specific channel or 
um, a, a specific targeting campaign. So when you say fluid, do you mean that, you know, as the, uh, as the campaign is going along, you can see that it's performing really well on one platform and not so well on the other so that you ship, you pour gas on the fire, essentially? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think that it, it, all, it always ties back to data, but, but having those real-time insights um, into how a campaign's performing, working with a partner like Halo that can actually introduce a, an actual omni-channel strategy for you, we can see in real time each month or each week, however we want to break it out, where campaign is spending the most, uh, where you're seeing the most engagement of your audience, where we're actually seeing the most um, reach of your audience to help uh, advertisers better direct budget, capitalize in the areas where that activity and performance is. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about different audiences and different types of campaigns. You know, you, you, Halo can help with uh, DTC campaigns and they can help with HCP campaigns. How do they differ? That is definitely a great question. So uh, I'll start with the easy one. The, the HCP side, which is uh, usually or historically the primary focus uh, of where Halo's been, we know HCPs typically are very busy individuals. They're working long hours. Um, they, they obviously have a, a very intense job. So it's important to figure out the best way to engage with them in those small amounts of time that they have to be spending on social or spending um, scrolling the internet, reading non-endemic or non-medical content. So with HCP campaigns, actually, when we're looking at like an omni-channel approach, we want to set it up so that there's a focus on ways to reach them during their workday while they're actually in the point of care, seeing and treating patients throughout the day. So we'll do a mix of non-endemic display or video ads with an EHR or electronic health record component so that we're reaching them at the point of care while they're seeing patients, while they're preparing for patient visits with very relevant and topical advertising for that specific patient or, or based on their specialty or any other indicators like that. And then we can combine that when they're on their lunch break or kind of outside of those patient appointments to reach them on their personal devices with, say, like a follow-up message to that professional-based banner within the EHR, where they have more time to engage with that ad unit and um, actually ingest that content, visit the brand.com site, and get all the info that the brand is trying to deliver. So with HCPs, we, we try and treat it so that we're, we're not over-serving them. We're trying to be respectful of their time uh, while also kind of maximizing the uh, most effective touch points throughout their days. And are you, are you uh, day parting to uh, HCPs? So within the EHR kind of happens organically because we can only, those ads only appear when a doctor or an HCP is at the point of care logged into that system that they use to kind of go throughout the normal course of business. So for that, we don't really need to uh, day part because they're only working X amount of hours per day. With the, the other channels that we're engaging them on, say social or non-endemic or even newer things like connected television, uh, we do leverage um, day parting and, and allow our clients to leverage day parting so that we're serving ads at times that make sense. We're not serving them in the middle of the night. We're serving them, say, a connected TV video ad 
on later nights and weekends while they're actually at home um, enjoying some rest and relaxation from the week or on the non-endemic banner display side, um, we're, we're trying to focus that away from the normal course of business, focus on lunch hours and then after work activities um, as well. Got it. So Lewis, how do you, how do you measure this? Like how does an advertiser decide, you know, or figure out whether this is a success or not? Yeah, that is a, that is a million dollar question. I'd say um, with all of the products that, that we personally offer today um, with, with a few exceptions on, on channels that don't allow it, the HCP side of things, we provide physician level data at the one-to-one level so that we can actually show the advertisers which HCPs uh, we are actually reaching with their campaign, who's engaging, where are we reaching them, uh, what types of banners or what types of creatives are resonating the most with their audience, all at the individual level. So it allows them to see the value or see the value of the kind of performance uh, that they've invested in. And in addition to that, there's also uh, ROI type studies available like prescription lift studies, which are a, a big focus today in the farmer world to measure not only just the campaign metric performance, but also uh, what's called outcomes. So how many HCPs are you influencing to write new prescriptions for patients uh, versus kind of continued prescription or how many people are you getting or HCPs are you getting to switch from a competitive drug to another drug? All of that is available. Um, and it, it really helps brands get the most out of their value and understand if their programs, if their omnichannel focus is, is actually a success. This all sounds great. Um, but I think uh, anybody who's ever worked in this space knows that um, particularly when it comes to DTC or HCP stuff, uh, with pharma, there are there are barriers that are put in place, regulatory or legal. What kind of barriers do you see in the in an omni-channel program, and how do you uh, how do you work around them? Yeah, so on the I, I think in terms of things we've talked about today, one of the biggest barriers for a lot of clients or advertisers is getting the content created for an omni-channel campaign. While most advertisers are using maybe one or two different vendors to do different tactics, uh, specific channel focus, getting content created and approved through like the MLR system takes time and effort and investment. Um, so typically we're not seeing, or in, in terms of getting an omni-channel campaign up and running for pharma, it, it's not always something that can be done very quickly or easily uh, because the investment that's needed on the creative side. In terms of, and I think that's the, the case for both HCP and DTC or DTP campaigns, uh, I also think one of the, the other barriers to getting, basically dipping your foot into Omnichannel is finding a reliable partner that can help kind of walk you through this process, um, educate you on the benefits of channels, educate you on the benefits of this type of targeting for your audience. Um, because there are a lot of competitors, a lot of ad platforms that exist out there that say omni-channel across devices and that, but if you're not getting into the kind of nitty-gritty and truly understand the technology behind it, there's always the opportunity to get sold a bill of goods. So ensuring that you're working with 
quality partners, whether it become uh, whether it be data or advertising or measurement partners, uh, you have to do your due diligence there to ensure that it's going to set you up for success. So, Lewis, let's talk a little bit about how you, how Halo in particular, uh, sets up a client for success. Um, how do you guys approach an omni-channel campaign for a client? I think the, usually the the starting goal for me when we're we're talking through this with clients is to get a good understanding of what their overall goals are for the year, for whatever that time frame is that they're interested in running the program. Um, because kind of starting there and getting as much information from the client on not just basic campaign metric goals like clicks or site visits, but understanding their long-term business goal and how this kind of fits into that can be very beneficial in putting together a strategy that makes the most sense. From there, it's usually a conversation around creative assets. What do you have created? If we're, we're focusing on a given goal with a given message, what type of assets do you have or what type of assets can be created by the time we're launching so that we can start to create our plan, decide which channels to include in the omni-channel focus that make the most sense for their campaign goals and, and meet the restrictions of the, the creative or content side of things. And then f- from there, it's providing as much info as we can based on their target audience. Um, so when we um, start to work with like an HCP or DTP client, um, we can get some or garner some insights from past campaigns as we've been doing this for uh, several years now and show them, hey, this type of uh, HCP or these types of patients, typically most active in these three or four different channels. They really engage with this type of ad unit on this device. They usually don't do anything on these days or any type of insights that we can provide to help really guide the strategy until we've uh, found something that works for both the client um, and meets our recommendation. And then once we get that campaign off the ground, it's about providing insight. We like to do like monthly check-ins. So providing that uh, reporting on a monthly basis, at least some of our clients, we provide it on a even tighter or a more frequent basis so that we're giving them as much information as possible, showing them what works, and then using that data to also not just send over reporting, but do some analysis, make some recommendations on how uh, we think we can kind of improve on what's already been done so far to make the most of their campaign. Right. Seems like you'd want more data reported more quickly, especially if you've got things running at the same time, if you want to move money around. I've got one last question for you, Lewis, and that is, you know, everybody's always dealing with privacy issues. There's, there are changes coming from both Google and Apple. Um, we're always dealing with um, differences in privacy between Europe and the United States. Uh, have any of these changes affected uh, how advertisers approach Omnichannel? Yes, um, and a very easy answer there. The Apple change uh, that was introduced with iOS 14.5 earlier this year um, the, the kind of background of that change gave consumers more control and transparency into how apps were actually collecting and using their data um, while they're using or maybe not using that app. So now uh, consumers have a more transparent way to stop apps from collecting data when they're not specifically using that application, um, which has 
thrown a wrench in a lot of different mobile attribution solutions. So it really impacts the, the measurement side of things. Some examples of this recently, Facebook, uh, when this change had came out, they were kind of fighting it from the get-go. And then if you go into Facebook's advertising platform today, there's still a warning at the top that, that lets you know, as a result of these changes, collecting attribution, so clicks uh, to either website visits or app downloads, they've lost um, a lot of the data that they had to be able to make those connections. So you're seeing uh, decreasing value in certain channels as a result of this change from Apple. Uh, If there's a a decrease in one channel, does that necessarily mean there's an increase in another? Not necessarily. And the, the big change and some of the larger like ad publications and folks out there that have been going to conferences and speaking on this recently, it, it mainly seems that Apple is trying to cut out a lot of the third party non Apple advertisers that have been using mobile device ID data and data that's generated from Apple devices outside of Apple's like advertising products. Um, so as the rest of the like Facebooks or third parties, anyone doing mobile attribution, as they're seeing a more of a decrease in terms of performance, Apple is seeing an increase in their kind of walled garden that they've created within their app store advertising product, which still can use all of the data that's collected within the device to help target and to help measure all the campaigns. That's been a, a, a big trend that people have been picking up on recently. Got it. All right. Well, Lewis, I think, uh, I think you've done a great job of covering the waterfront here on, uh, on everything having to do with omni-channel marketing. Uh, anything else that you, you, that you wanted to mention? No, I think that was it. Thank you very much for the time today and having me on. Wait, uh, I appreciate it very much. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk to us. My guest here on the MMM podcast has been Louis Naimoli, uh, Director of Programmatic uh, Advertising at, at Haymarket and uh, the Director of, of Haymarket's Halo program. We've been talking about omni channel marketing, and Louis has done a great job of, uh, of letting us know everything there is to know about it. So I really appreciate your time, Louis. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Great. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we'll be back soon with another episode of the MMM podcast. I'm Steve Madden, General Manager of MMM, saying thanks for listening. <laughs>